Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Monday, May 6th, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to another week of Locked on Spartans. Um, On today's show, we've got a couple of interesting things to talk about. Um, First, we're going to start off talking a little bit about LJ Scott, um, who's doing some internet perusing last night, trying to look for some things to talk about, seeing what's going on. Um, you know, rookie mini camps have started in the NFL. Uh, and I noticed something interesting with LJ Scott regards to his status with the, uh, the Ravens. And I want to talk uh, a little bit about that, uh, and talk about his specific situation and some things beyond that as it regards to college eligibility and stuff like that. Uh, after that, uh, we are going to jump back into our uh, post-spring football positional breakdowns. We're going to do the wide receivers in segments two and three today. Uh, we'll go pretty in-depth with this group, talk about the top uh, four or five or so guys, and then uh, you know touch on some other guys down the roster and some names to know coming out of spring ball and just expectations uh, and things like that. So that's the plan for today's show. Reminder, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, all that stuff helps with, you know, iTunes rankings and things like that. The the ratings and reviews on iTunes. If you listen, if you have an iTunes account, if you don't listen on iTunes, doesn't matter. Head on over to iTunes, find the Locked On Spartans page. If you wouldn't mind, give a five star review, please, um, or five star rating. Leave a funny review if you want. Uh, I always appreciate reading those. Uh, and yeah, subscribe whatever podcast service you use to listen to podcasts. You can find Lockdown Spartans there. Search out the page, hit that subscribe button. Uh, like I always say, it's the easiest way to get these episodes delivered right to your phone every single day when they post. All right, let's uh, let's talk about LJ Scott. So uh, LJ went undrafted uh, in the NFL draft, and you know if you listen to the pre-draft shows and things like that. Uh, the indication was he had a chance to be a sixth, seventh round type guy, uh, but there was definitely a chance he wouldn't get drafted and would end up as one of those priority free agents, you know, an undrafted guy who teams were really uh, going to go after and gun after pretty hard to sign. Um, and that sort of, you know, it was like 50-50. And that situation played out. He wasn't uh, drafted. Uh, and then we heard shortly thereafter that he would be uh, a member of the Baltimore Ravens. And this was reported exclusively as an undrafted free agent signing. And, uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I was doing some uh, perusing on the Internet. I found uh, a thing that kind of made me tilt my head a little bit. I actually tweeted it out at Will underscore underscore Hunter uh, if you want to see that. Uh, but it was basically a list from Baltimore, uh, the Baltimore Ravens ESPN reporter, um, which I will get his name up here in a second so I can give proper credit to him. Uh, but it was a, a tweet from him listing the 17 undrafted free agents that the Baltimore Ravens had signed with. And uh, not on that list. Uh, that's a weird way to say it. LJ Scott wasn't on that list. Jamison Hensley is the name of the reporter. Um yeah, at Jamison Hensley, and LJ's not on that list, and so I found that curious um, that LJ, you know, wasn't a member of that. Maybe it was a typo or something like that, uh, and then I went a little bit further and found a picture from Hensley from Camp Ravens rookie minicamp roster, which includes uh, draft picks and signed undrafted rookies, and LJ Scott wasn't there. 
So it's kind of like, whoa, maybe LJ's not practicing with them. Maybe uh, they're still negotiating terms or things like that. You don't see that a ton with undrafted guys. Um, we'll see that, you know, not every draft pick is signed right now for every team. You know, a handful of guys are probably signed out of each draft class for each team. Uh, and sometimes, you know, uh, higher guys, higher picks will take this thing all the way up to uh, training camp, uh, remaining unsigned, trying to work out a contract. Uh, if you remember Roquan Smith out of Georgia, uh, missed the first little bit of training camp with the Chicago Bears last year, and he was a high first round pick. So that stuff sort of happens. Um, and those guys don't show up to minicamp or anything like that until they get signed because you're not going to practice or play for free. That doesn't really happen with undrafted guys. They don't have the leverage. They're not a, a priority. They want to get as much guaranteed money as they possibly can, and then they need to get their butts into camp to prove that they can you know, make this roster. So that's a highly unlikely scenario. And then I found a picture of... Um, I actually went over to LJ's Twitter account and found a picture that he retweeted of himself with the group of rookies at uh, the rookie minicamp. And so LJ is practicing with the Ravens right now, but is not a signed undrafted free agent, which means that he is a rookie tryout. Now, if you don't know, I'll try to do this pretty quickly. Uh, there are two ways, um, well, a few different ways, but uh, basically if you go undrafted, uh, every team holds uh, an, uh, a rookie minicamp. And at this rookie minicamp are the picks that they've signed, uh, so guys under contract, undrafted free agents that they've signed, and then roster or rookie mini camp invites. And those are guys who were not able to secure undrafted uh, contracts. So undrafted free agent players are signed to deals that guarantee them the rookie minimum, which is about a half million dollars. The top end guys uh, will get like a guaranteed $100,000 or, or something around there, right? They get a $75,000 uh, bonus and then a $25,000 uh, signing bonus or $75,000 guaranteed salary, $25,000 signing bonus, something like that. $100,000 signing bonus, no guaranteed roster money or things like that. But generally the very top end guys that have multiple teams after them who didn't get drafted will get somewhere in the low six figures of guaranteed money to sign. And then it goes down there and the low, uh, like the, the non-priority undrafted free agents will still sign that rookie minimum deal. So half million dollars, if you make the team and things like that, that'll be your, your rookie season contract. And they'll get $10,000, $20,000 as a signing bonus, uh, $10,000 of their salary guaranteed, something like that. A small uh, portion of that uh, deal will become guaranteed for them. It's not a lot for those guys. And then below them, are the rookie uh, camp invites. And those guys don't get any money. They're not under contract with the team. Uh, they get what is basically called a per diem. And for rookies, it's $1,000. And so for a three-day rookie camp tryout, uh, guys will get, you know, it's like $3,200 or something like that to cover food, um, travel, lodging, things like that. Uh, and then that's all they get unless they get uh, a chance to go to training camp. So out of the rookie roster, or that's <laughs> a lot of words here, the rookie camp invites, the guys who are not undrafted free agents, the guys who are not draft picks, um, one, two of them will actually end up getting invited to training camp, make the 90-man roster, sign as undrafted rookies, just like the other guys, no signing bonus or anything like that usually, but they'll get that half-million-dollar contract that if they make the team, that's their contract, so very, very, very little money goes to um, to rookie minicamp tryouts uh, players. And so 
just to sort of give perspective, I worked up in Marquette, Michigan. Uh, they have Northern Michigan football there. It's a D2 uh, program. There was a player there who was undrafted, went to a rookie minicamp tryout for the Steelers, actually made the team, so signed the undrafted free, undrafted free agent deal. Uh, got cut at the end of uh, the preseason and was a practice squad player for, I think, two seasons. So he ended up getting um, a decent chunk of money to play a little bit of professional football, and then his career ended there. So that's kind of a really good outcome for a guy who's just a minicamp trout, and that appears to be what LJ Scott was. Um, He's not on the uh, official thing. I went to the Ravens' website. They had their 17 undrafted rookies that they signed uh, and LJ Scott was not on the official page, so that's just corroborating uh, the report from Jamison Hensley, and, and it's not really much of a report, it's just a release of the names. Uh, and that kind of, you know, once I pieced this all together, it kind of blew me away. It was really surprising. LJ Scott was uh, thought to be someone who, like I said, potentially could have been drafted, and if he wasn't drafted, it was going to be one of these priority free agents who would get. 50, 60, 70, 80, 100,000 dollars guaranteed would have a few teams after him um, and you know would be one of the you know, top five or so running backs to uh, go undrafted and those guys you know get a decent chunk of change and have a somewhat decent shot of making the roster like those guys like the really highly regarded undrafted guys will all make it out of the rookie minicamp. And we'll all play preseason. They'll play at least two weeks in the preseason, get a chance to sort of show what they can do through training camp for a couple weeks, uh, and then in a game scenario in the preseason. And so uh, I thought that was kind of the floor uh, for LJ Scott. I thought that would be the scenario, and it was not just me. Uh, I had someone suggest to me on Twitter that you know maybe we were just overrating LJ Scott as Michigan State fans, and I'm sure we were. Just you kind of do that with guys that are you know your guys. Uh, I'm sure we were overrating, but it wasn't just Michigan State fans. Uh, I talked a number of times and, and referenced a number of uh, mock drafts, draft analysts, things like that, uh, who said LJ Scott had a, a shot to be drafted sixth or seventh round, and if not, would be a priority free agent guy. Uh, I saw a number of people after it was announced he signed with the Ravens, like, uh, you know, best running backs that are undrafted. Uh, LJ Scott was on a couple of those lists uh, before the the guys, like right when the draft ends, there's always a list that comes out. Hey, here's the top available undrafted guys at each position. I saw LJ Scott on a number of those lists for the running backs. Um, so something, uh, it's just, it's it, it kind of blows me away that um, 25 running backs got drafted. There were 22 undrafted free agent running backs signed. Uh, by my count, I went through the undrafted log for each team and counted them up. So 47 running backs were either drafted or signed to undrafted free agent contracts. Remember, you know, all the draft picks are making training camp and most of them are making the team the first year. And all those 22 undrafted free agent running backs are going to get at least a couple weeks out of the preseason, which, you know, it's uh, a, a nice couple of checks. It, it, it can go a long way. It's not huge or anything like that, but there's real money in there. And like I said, the top end guys uh, are going to get some good guaranteed money. Uh, but 47 drafted and undrafted signed running backs. And LJ Scott wasn't among any of them, which uh, seems sort of crazy. I don't know how he's not one of the top 47 guys. Uh, it makes me think there might be something else going on here. And again... 
you know, this is all directly from the Ravens and Ravens reporters and things like that. Maybe there was an error. Maybe he got left off a list and was an undrafted guy. You know, that sort of stuff could happen. But, um, you know, by all indications, LJ Scott is a, a rookie minicamp tryout player right now getting just a few thousand dollars. Um, so that makes me think, you know, did something go wrong? I know his testing wasn't great in terms of running and things like that, but there's certainly a number of running backs who were drafted who didn't have great testing. Uh, running back's a position where 40-yard dash doesn't really matter a ton. Tape really matters. Uh, he's a guy who didn't have a ton of tread and, dealt, you know, he dealt with injuries. Maybe I thought uh, the medical showed up really bad for him and we don't have any way to really figure that stuff out. Uh, maybe the interviews were really bad. Remember, LJ Scott went to the combine. <laughs> he was one of the guys invited to the combine. Uh, that's pretty crazy for a guy to get invited to the combine and end up as a rookie camp tryout. Um, you know, maybe the interviews went really poorly. Maybe, I don't know. I don't want to speculate like recklessly and say that he did this, but like, uh, guys go to the combine and fill drug tests and things like that. There had to be, if this is all what is going on here, it had to be something that just a number of red flags kept popping up for him. And people just didn't want to commit actual money to him uh, in any sort of way. And that's kind of crazy. I know, you know, he had an up and down career at Michigan State, but just at least physically in terms of how he runs with power, like we saw it when he came back last year. He wasn't 100%, but he came back in the Red Box Bowl uh, and was much more dynamic than uh, the, the players that were playing running back than Hayward, uh, than... Uh, Ladarius Jefferson, uh, he really improved as a, a receiver uh, throughout his time. Had you know got to the point where he was pretty reliable in that game. Made guys miss occasionally and ran with really good power. Decent at the, in the hole at times. Good feet at times. You know, someone who profiled as uh, the like I said, the floor seemed to be with L.J. Scott. Uh, you know, undrafted, signed to a decent uh, undrafted deal makes the t- or makes the team out of the rookie camp is on the 90 man roster uh and has a chance to prove himself in the preseason and I just don't know if that's going to be the case for him um like I mentioned just a little bit ago with uh the story of the the guy that uh, I was covering up in Marquette from NMU like only a couple of guys make it out of this this uh rookie camp as tryout players and make it to actual training camp uh, maybe LJ Scott will be one of those guys. I hope uh, for him he is and can continue his pro career. But, you know, if they invite 20 guys, 22 guys or something like that, uh, 18, whatever the number is, to rookie camp, you've got your draft picks, you've got your undrafted guys, and you've got your tryout invites. You know, one, maybe two of those tryout invite guys actually make it to the team, make it to uh, the 90-man roster where they get a chance to actually prove themselves and get under contract. And, uh, that's just uh, crazy. And, and the Ravens drafted a running back. The Ravens signed a priority undrafted free agent to uh, some decent money. So they already had a couple on the roster. They signed Mark Ingram in the in the free agency period. Uh, they've got a couple of guys, you know, carryovers from last year. Like LJ Scott's like running back nine right now on Baltimore, like eight or nine. And it's just, that's crazy. I never would have thought that's how that would have played out. Um, and I'm, I feel like something has to be wrong. It just doesn't add up. Uh, something doesn't make sense here, which leads me to believe that something went wrong in terms of 
testing and medical and just things like that, interviews, uh, whatever the case is, you know, we don't always get to hear about this stuff. If this is all accurate, and it seems it's as, as far as I can tell, the reporting that I've done on this, which, has, which hasn't been a ton, just looking into different things and checking transactions and stuff like that. Uh, LJ Scott very much appears to be uh, just on a rookie tryout basis right now with the Ravens, which is kind of uh, crazy. And actually here, you know what, I'm running long. We're going to extend this into another segment, and then we'll jump into the receiver rankings uh, real quick. Actually, yeah, I'm going to do that. Sorry. Uh, you can get Locked on Spartans in the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Spartans. I have some thoughts about this situation and as it relates to the NCAA and eligibility uh, after the break. So we'll do that real quick here after these quick commercials. Okay, welcome back to segment two of today's Locked on Spartans. I did not think I would go this long with the LJ Scott stuff, but... Uh, we did, so I'm just going to keep going into it. Um, so maybe we won't get to the receivers today. We'll see how this plays out. I might have to change things up on the fly here. Uh, it, let's let's play this out as if you know there's not some weird thing going on and LJ Scott is actually on a, a rookie tryout camp basis with the Ravens. Let's say he's not actually a member of the Ravens, not on an undrafted free agent deal, not under contract with them. There should absolutely be some type of provision, some type of protection for players that end up in this scenario if they have eligibility left. Um, I think, you know, uh, we've it's not a new argument or anything like that. It happens a lot in the NBA because, it, and it really the NFL too, a lot of guys declare early for drafts, leave with eligibility uh, on the table and go undrafted and you know, there's a you know, small outcry, not a huge thing or anything like that. But I was saying those kids, maybe they should be allowed to go back to school. And I think for a number of them, that might be a, a good option. And again, some of these guys who get undrafted sign six-figure signing bonuses uh, immediately. They have multiple teams after them after the draft. Uh, just browsing through and looking up different guys, I found a handful of guys very quickly who signed $100,000 plus deals uh, in terms of guaranteed money. And so if you're that type of person, if you're that guy, uh, Gerald Willis, like right from Miami, uh, although I think he didn't have eligibility left, like he got $70,000, I think, uh, to sign with the Ravens. But uh, if you're a, a junior coming out, that was a weird non sequitur about Gerald Willis. If you're a junior comes out, you go undrafted, uh, but maybe you're right there, you got passed over, and teams are like, crap, how'd that guy go undrafted? And three or t- four teams are after you, you get a $125,000 offer um, to, to be an undrafted guy. You're probably going to take that deal instead of going back to college. It, you know, everyone's situations are different, but that's a lot of money to pass up. And if you've got a team that says, hey, we're going to give you this guaranteed money, you're 100% going to be at worst on the practice squad if, you know, as long as everything plays out, you have a really good shot to make the team sign with us, come to camp, do a good job, and you'll probably make our team. You know, undrafted guys make rosters for every single team every single year, uh, multiple sometimes for teams. Um, so that's not a crazy route to go. So maybe those guys in those scenarios, the priority undrafted guys would stay and be like, no, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stay pro. I'm going to keep doing my thing. I got good money here and I got a good chance to get my career going. Then there's guys like 
uh, LJ Scott, who had eligibility had he not played in the Red Box Bowl. And this is obviously a hypothetical that doesn't exist because this option isn't on the table. But maybe if there was an option on the table to come back, guys who don't get uh, great free agency deals, guys who are just on the fringes of being an undrafted free agent, uh, would go back. Maybe LJ Scott wouldn't have played in the Red Box Bowl, would have kept that eligibility as a failsafe. You know, he goes through the draft process. It doesn't go well. He doesn't get drafted. He goes through the undrafted free agency process. Nobody wants to sign him. Nobody wants to give him any guaranteed money. And he ends up with his only options as, hey, come to our camp and try out. Maybe you'll make it to actual training camp. Then he could go, hey, you know what? I'm going to go back to school and try to boost my stock. I know I didn't have a great year this year, and especially for a guy like him. And it's tough because injuries with running backs and, and you don't want to work up too much of a load in college that can be seen as a negative but if LJ Scott would have returned for you know quote-unquote redshirt senior year and had a really good season uh and a much improved offense then he could have boosted his stock and and really and maybe he gets drafted maybe he gets uh an actual good undrafted deal things like that uh that feels like it should be an option right uh, and again, it's not going to be for everyone. Some guys are going to be able to take the money, but it just seems insane that uh, at whatever age, 2021, 20, like, yeah, you got to make big choices for the rest of your life. But like LJ Scott, after this rookie mini camp or whatever, say he gets cut, say he goes through the three days of rookie mini camp with the Ravens and gets cut. He's made about $3,300 or something like that. You're telling me that $3,300 is enough to wreck somebody's eligibility. Like, that is absolutely insane. That has nothing to do with anything. Like, that type of person, if they have eligibility left, should be able to re-enroll in college. Um, and the, the NBA has taken steps in this. The NBA and college basketball have taken steps in this where guys can uh, hire agents, go through the process, and then have a month time to sort of get feedback and decide whether or not they're going to stay in the NBA draft or go back to school. And at least there's that. But guys who go through the entire process, go through the draft and don't get drafted, uh, they haven't made any money. After the draft uh, and after not signing an undrafted free agency deal, LJ Scott didn't make any money, had no money in terms of you know football contracts or anything like that. He should have the option to return back to school. Uh, he should be allowed to re-enroll right away, start spring classes. Michigan State just had graduation. Spring classes are starting tomorrow. Like The timing on it is almost perfect. Um, it, it seems insane to me. And now uh, his career is completely behind the eight ball. Um, and it's, it, yeah, like given the, the, the choices he had, come back to school or go to the NFL, at this point it looks like he made a bad choice. It looks like he would have been better served coming back to school just given how things have played out, how he didn't get guaranteed money, how he's in a tough situation in terms of starting his pro career. And it's not just LJ Scott. There's a number of guys. You can find examples like this every single year uh, for guys who you know, want to get to the NFL, want to get to a professional league, want to start making money, uh, and don't get good advice from advisors, agents. Uh, whatever you want to call it, just don't get good advice and end up uh, not where they thought they were going to be. Uh, kids, they're, they're ki I mean, they're young men, but they're still pretty much kids. We, if you're an older person, like I'm 27, um, I, I can say confidently that even just like six, seven years ago, 
I wasn't very smart. I wasn't very wise. Still not that great, but I'm getting there. But, you know, it's like just think of how much you grew as a person and how much your decision making improved in those six or seven years. Um, it's tough to know that that decision is going to impact his ability to play professional football uh, in that such a negative way, in such a long lasting way. It seems like it'd be really easy to be like, you know what? Uh, you messed this one up. Maybe it was a bad decision. You could come back to school. And that's like the point, right? It's like the, the education and things like that. It, it's, it seems beneficial for the student athletes. It seems beneficial for the schools. It seems beneficial kind of for everybody. Um, but it just makes no sense why there's not a fail safe for uh, kids like that who, uh, whether through bad advice, bad decision making or whatever, uh, end up kind of in a, in a tough spot and have reasonable avenues to continue with whatever, uh, you know, professional pursuits they have in terms of football. But the NCAA just doesn't have room for flexibility in that regard. It seems crazy to me uh, that that's how this all played out. Uh, and it's frustrating. It's frustrating on behalf of the kids who try to turn pro too early and it doesn't work out for them and they can't go back to school and they're you know kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Uh, and it seems like a really very fixable problem, uh, but I wouldn't hold my breath given the NCAA and how they tend to operate. All right. That is going to do it for segment two. We're not going to have time to do the receivers today because I went way too long on that. So when we get back, I want to talk just a little bit about football recruiting uh, and then we'll end the show there. Uh, it'll be a quick third segment here today. So we'll do that after this break. Remember to get the show every day. Subscribe to Locked on Spartans and the new Himalaya podcast app in an ever-expanding podcast world. You need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Spartans. Okay, welcome back to segment three of today's Locked on Spartans. Uh, like I said, it's going to be a quick uh, segment here, a quick third segment, and then we'll end the show. Uh, I do want to talk about one interesting thing from recruiting that popped up uh, over the weekend, Michigan State. And again, we don't always go in depth with um, specific recruits, but this one I think is interesting. Uh, Michael Alamo, Alamo I, I don't know. Um, Michigan State offered him. He's a quarterback uh, from the class of 2020. He's a four-star player uh, out of New Jersey, and the indications appear, he's a pro-style guy, uh, indications appear that he uh, is kind of hot on Michigan State right now, that Michigan State has a really good chance uh, to, to land this guy. Uh, like I said, he's a four-star recruit. Uh, he's got offers from Oklahoma State and West Virginia, um, which, you know, he's not a ton of offers, but those are some pretty decent ones. Uh, 24-7 has him rated in their composite rankings, which are a combination of all the different services, as the number 256 player in the country, number 10 pro-style quarterback, and the number 7 player in the state of New Jersey. He's currently crystal ball projection, uh, which, you know, sometimes are pretty accurate as a hundred percent Michigan state, just a couple, excuse me, a couple project or predictions in there. So interesting development. Uh, Michigan state hasn't, um, you know, added a quarterback. I mean, they, they flipped, uh, what was his name? Peyton Thorne, right? Yeah. Peyton Thorne, 
uh, from Illinois or from Western Michigan. He's out of Illinois. They flipped him for this year's class, um, but he's a you know a dual threat kind of guy. Uh, this quarterback that they're recruiting now, um, I've seen just in different things, kind of comparing him to the type of guy Theo Day is, Connor Cook, you know, a true drop back quarterback, plays in a pro style offense, big arm, that type of thing. Prototypical, we'll use that word that everyone loves to use, the prototypical quarterback. Um, so we'll see how that all uh, plays out. Again, it's like a newer thing. Uh, he could get offered by different people, you know, recruiting is recruiting and it's weird but I just thought it was oh Kansas offered him too and he took a visit to Penn State I'm just going through his profile right now uh but that's a name to keep in mind uh quarterback recruiting is always a weird thing it's up and down hit and miss top guys don't pan out all the time lower ranked guys come out of nowhere and be amazing all the time uh it might be the most fickle and hardest to predict position in terms of recruiting but Anytime you can add a four-star player to a class, someone who's a top 250 or so player in the country, uh, that's certainly interesting. And if you can do it at quarterback, the you know as we all agree, the most important position in football, uh, that's good too. So uh, name to keep an eye on. We'll see if uh, he ends up coming out to Michigan State for a visit or anything like that. But signs uh, you know seem to indicate positive vibes right now coming out of there. Uh, and that would be a welcomed addition to Michigan State's recruiting class. They've only got three guys in the class right now. It's ranked 10th in the Big Ten, 52nd in the country. Uh, so a little bit of a slow start to recruiting for Michigan State, which isn't surprising. They tend to start slow. It's uh, They want to get guys into campus and have them camp before they offer. That's kind of a really uh, standout thing for Michigan State. We know that they recruit differently than other schools. They're not star chasing. They always want to get to know kids and things like that before they even offer them. Um, so it's good that this kid was offered, and you know it'll be a welcomed addition to a class that's pretty thin right now as the recruiting period uh, really starts to heat up for college football. All right, that is the end of today's show. Thanks so much for listening to today's Lockdown Spartans. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully, we'll get to the wide receiver <laughs> positional breakdowns. We'll see how uh, things go, if any sort of news breaks or anything like that. But that's the plan for tomorrow uh, to get into the position-by-position breakdowns with the uh, wide receivers. So remember to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter, 1L2 underscores, uh, at on Spartans is the show page. You can email the show, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. I want to do a mailbag either later this week or sometime next week. So I'm going to start collecting questions for that. So definitely sending questions, uh, whatever avenue you want to use, send them in and I will answer them in a future show. They can be Michigan State related. They can be not Michigan State related. Whatever you want to ask, go ahead and do it. And I'll get to those uh, when I get a handful of them and can make a show out of it. So thanks again for listening to today's show. Back tomorrow with another edition of Locked on Spartans. Until then, go green.